Welcome to Across the Park Podcast, a football podcast on both Everton and Liverpool Football Club, produced by six mates, the three Reds, Gary, Phil and Terry, and the three Blues, myself, Millsy, Judgy and Craig. Each Monday, we release our latest show, where we discuss the ongoing matters with both teams, whether it be good or bad, opposing views, opinions, banter and debate. We are proud to be a family-friendly football podcast and you can find more about us on our website, www.acrosstheparkpodcast.co.uk. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a show on your preferred podcast listening app and make sure you give us a follow on our social media. Twitter is Across the Park PC, Instagram is Across the Park PC and Facebook search Across the Park. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Across the Park Extra. This one's a blue one, and we've got a tree for you. We're joined by former Republic of Ireland international. We will also play for Leeds, Manchester City, Chelsea, and obviously in relation to this episode, more significantly, Everton. It's Terry Feeling. Thanks yeah. for joining us, Terry. No problem at all. Thank you, lads, for uh, getting me across here. Thank you. Um, and Terry, Terry's just been good enough to share some time with um, with Matt Jones at, at Radio City, so I think you'll be catching that that episode um, sooner or later as well. Big thanks for Craig as well for jetting across from sunny Southport yeah. where he was on a job this morning. Just yeah. just scooped him and Terry up from the train station. Yeah, you had to drag me away, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> ah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm thinking, well, I've got a painter and decorator getting in the back of the car. What's he going to ask me for to do some decorating? I don't mind a little bit of decorating and all. <laughs> Hands on everything, no problem at all there. Uh. Uh, you'll have to. I think, I think you've got a new apartment on the go in uh, India, haven't you, Terry? So you, I think, is that what you're going well, back for? Well, I'm, yeah, well, I'm not actually doing that one out, to tell you the truth. I'll, I'll let them do that one bring, out. Bring Craig with you. I'll get Craig over there. He could show me a, how to put wallpaper up and how to line it up right <laughs> and cut it right i suppose but uh yeah no, listen, to India. Thank, thanks a lot for coming in because I, I know you're here for a short period of time no I've been, problem I've been at harassing all. you now for months haven't i no problem at all any, so any help i can do brilliant I'm thanks on. a lot we're, we're going to work through a bit of a timeline of your career and obviously we're going to try and hone in a little bit more on on the years at everton with because uh, i'm sure that's why our listeners will be i'll mm. be looking you know really curious yeah. to hear about so we're going to start with your debut in 1985 for leeds uh, mm. you come through the the youth setup I believe it was um, was it Eddie Gray who brought you through there. Yeah, it was Eddie Gray there, but uh, that was that was a story and a half. Obviously, as a young boy, I could have I went to a host of clubs, uh, Everton, Liverpool being one of them. As a as a young twelve year old, thirteen year old, Manchester United, Manchester City, uh, and it was all great offers. What was on the table? Uh, Why so was this when the, these kinds of offers? Well, were on I'm the twelve years of age, wow. thirteen years of age at that time. You know, so it just shows you the impact football had back in them days. Course, you know, yeah. everybody played football on the streets in the parks. Not like now, times have changed. Uh, but yeah, I had a whole load, and I, I remember him coming up uh, to the house and knocking on the door, and my mum getting a box of flowers, another <laughs> box of rose chocolates, <laughs> another bunch of flowers and rose. She thought it was Christmas all at once. God bless her soul, but. Uh, Fantastic times, you know, and I, I mean, I was a young uh, Michael Jackson boy with a big afro and all that, <laughs> so I didn't know what was, what was going on, really, you know. And I remember uh, Man City coming up and turning around and saying, look, there's an offer, there's a four-year contract, wow. uh, you know, at 12 years of age, 13 years of age, and you're thinking, wow, you, you know, yeah. you could be set here. But decided maybe getting away from Manchester was probably the best thing to do, you know. You're an inner city lad then? 
in a city, lad, yeah. maybe maybe I, I wouldn't have been able to concentrate as much because yeah. then, you know, you get the angers on coming and you're only yeah. 12, 13 years yeah, of age. So what, 12, 13, you had a pretty strong head to make that decision. Yeah, yeah, and I made, I made the decision more than anything. Uh, obviously, my mum brought five of us up, so... It was it was it was all on my shoulders then, and we talk about pressure as a thirteen-year-old. But it, the, the the good thing is John Sheridan was was going there. The same chap or the same scout who found me found John Sheridan, Darren Sheridan, and a, a good friend of mine, Mark Russell. So it was the Manchester lads going up there. So I think yeah. that made it a little bit easier. Yeah. You yeah, know? yeah. So you still had to make some decisions. At 13 years of age, yeah. I don't think they can go to the toilet now at 13 years oh, of no, age yeah. and come out so there. Someone clean. can't go to the toilet at 16. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, so that, that was obviously um, unbelievable for you at that age. Yeah. So you made your debut, you were 18. What do you remember about your debut in terms of that first, first team appearance? Well, well before that, I made my debut, at, I think, about 15 years of age for the reserve side, 14 wow. and a half against Wolves, 15 for the reserve side at, at Molyneux then. And I remember Eddie Gray going saying to me, uh, Wee man. You're ready to go on. <laughs> just open your legs. So I remember going on, and and then it just it, you know you have the buzz anyway. You know you're a street kid. You have the buzz. So it happened Shrewsbury away, and I just went as a I think it was twelve thirteenth man you had then because yeah. you only had eleven and one, one sub. sub yeah. Not like now where there's twenty five going. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you, they cry off if they break the nail. You fill in the water you know? bottles up. So I, I, listen, yeah. I just used yeah. to carry the tea up and down the uh, the coach for the boys. Terry, cup of tea. Oh, here we go again. <laughs> so that you was you you know, but it, it gives you some great values and, and it, it learnt you an awful lot about life, uh, other than playing on a Saturday. So anyway. Get to the game and the left back Gary An- Gary Anson goes downhill, and Frank Gray goes downhill. Oh, I don't know, a little bit of food poisoning or might have been nervousness. Might have been the tea you were saying. It them. might, it might have been the tea. Yeah, it might have been the tea. I might have put something in there. But you're supposed to keep that quiet, lads. Come on, eh? you know what I mean. So anyway, it was, uh, and then Eddie Gray said, "Listen, you're gonna have to play." Uh, what was it? Forty-five minutes before kickoff, you play. I remember Peter Lorimer coming up to me and say, "We man." Just go out there and show them what you can do. And John Sheridan and the lads just said, go out there and enjoy it. Went out there. And, uh, you know, to be fair, I never looked back. I knew my capabilities. I knew what I had to do. And it was just thrown in at the deep end, get out there. You're never too young. You know, I'm hearing a lot of managers now saying, ah, he's too young. He's too young. At 18 years of age, if you're good enough, they should be playing. They shouldn't be in the U21s. You don't get nothing out of the U21s. Playing against 21 year olds. start kids. me on the under 23s league and all that, the no. development league or whatever it's called. You know, the, the lack of meaningful games and all that, you know, they're, they're just going out there. They're, well, they're playing with lads they've, they've trained with all, you know, right the way through the you youth know, system. You know, you ask any of the lads who grew up in my area, when you, when, era, sorry, when you played in the reserves, you played in stadiums. So it got yeah. you ready for that stadium life, you know. And I remember playing against uh, Leeds against Aston Villa, and there must have probably been about six or 7,000 there. Remember playing against, uh, I think it was might have been Sunderland. There was ten thousand there. You know, you know, when you're playing on the big stadiums, so yeah. it's getting you ready for that. You know, I know they're half empty, but it's getting you ready under lights. It was absolutely brilliant. Whereas now they're just playing at the training ground, same maybe grounds, yeah. where it doesn't feel the same. We said that a few times. I mean, the Pontons Reserve League that we used to go and watch yeah. and all yeah. that. It, it was brilliant, yeah. brilliant, you wasn't know, it? it was you know. For the, for the supporters, it was, it was yeah. a pound to get in and yeah. whatever. And yeah, and it gives you something to do maybe yeah. on a Tuesday night, yeah, didn't it? After work, yeah. I'll go down yeah. and watch the lads yeah. uh, play, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and that, that's that's the only thing now. But listen, times have changed. It's not for up to me to tell how people to do it. I'm in the coaching area anyway. Yeah. So if it means U23s or U21s getting a little bit closer to the first team, 
then that's the way it is now, yeah, suppose. Are you of the stance then with what Arsene Wenger used to say about having these under-23 sides joining into the Football League or joining into Football League competitions? Uh, yeah, I think that would be... Just to get that I, no, I think that would be brilliant because, listen, look at all the lads who... Look, look at Chelsea, for instance. Lovely club, brilliant club. You know, uh, they've got more players out on loan than anybody. Now... Them players have got to play if they're out on loan. It's no use sending them out on loan if they're going to sit on the backsides. Yeah. So there should be something where it goes, listen, if they go on loan and they're not playing, then that club has to pick most of the wages up or yeah. all the wages, mm. yeah. you know, if they're not playing. If they're playing, they only play, uh, pick half of the yeah, wages yeah, up. Yeah. So there's yeah. got to be an incentive for the players. It's no use from going on loan and then just sat there yeah. and can't get in the side. What's the point from going out on loan? I think the, the, the one, uh, we're probably going off a little bit, but I think the one no. similarity between the, the, the successful players of the modern day area, and this is probably agreeing with what you're saying, is how early they do make the debut at any level, first team level. Do you know what I mean? If, if you can break through, whether it's in League Two, League One, National League, whatever, and you can play first team football at a really early age, you tend to go on having a better chance, don't you, of having a, uh, having a longer career? Yeah, I mean, it is, it is, it is, you know, it depends now, obviously, they look at the characteristics of the boy growing up in the academy system. Some are for it, some are against it. Mm. I think the kids have got better opportunities now to yeah. grow and excel uh, in the academies, obviously. Uh, better infrastructures in the academies from mm. when I was growing up. It's a lot more easier, you know, the coaching is a lot more easier. It's how you put your stuff across to the, uh, the players, but... Uh, yeah, getting back to your question, you know, if you can break into that side at any level at 18, 17, 18 years of age, you, you, you can do it, you can go on and on. But doing that, you've got to be grounded and mm. then you've got to have mentors around you and all. You know, we didn't have a lot of mentors around us. You've got to have them mentors around you to mentor you through the challenges, what it's you're going to face. It's going to be face. a lot of setbacks, isn't it, naturally? Of course he is. You know, of course he is. You know, it's a different type of playing. If you, if you say, you know, you break into the youth side at, 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 at Chelsea or at Everton, and then you're going to step down a couple of levels, it's going to be a different type of environment. So you have to get used to that environment. Well, back to you, and this, this might actually relate to the, the first question I'm going to ask. You moved from Leeds United to Swansea mm. on, on a free in 1986. Yeah. Was, there anything, was that a step down at the time? Because Leeds are obviously a massive club. Swansea, big club as well. Nothing against them, but was that a step no, down No, I mean, point? listen, you know, I, I played a lot of times for uh, Leeds United. Yeah. I had some great times there. Uh, and then a new manager comes in. He decides, yeah. uh, Billy Brennan Billy decided, Brenner, yeah. I, I'm, I'm too small. And I sat there and I said, well, Gaffer, you're actually smaller than me. And you played in an era where yeah. you had to be tough. Yeah, I said, you just got to give me a, you know, if you, what, what, what are you looking? Are you too small to be a fullback? I said, well, put me on the left wing then. Or put me in midfield then. Yeah, I said, me, <laughs> me crack, I don't yeah. mind. Yeah. Give me a crack at it. You know, I played a lot of times for, for Leeds. And uh, obviously it wasn't to be so... You know, I, I went back home and I remember my mum saying, oh, how come you're home early? I said, I'm on my six weeks holiday. I couldn't tell my mum I was released. Yeah. You know, it was, it was, it was for being at, you know, one club. And I thought, I want to start Leeds all my life. You know, I really did. Uh, but Terry Yorif, Tommy Hudson, ex-Manchester City, ex-Leeds, uh, Tottenham, uh, Wales. said, why don't you come down to Swansea? He said, it's lovely down there. The water's warm. You've got beaches. <laughs> you've got everything. I remember getting the train down there and the clouds was just above my head and I thought... This is not what he was telling me about. Hang on a minute. I, I thought I was going to the, uh, you know, the, the Swansea Riviera or something like that. But do you know what? Classic. It was the best time of my life. And yeah, uh, you yeah. know what? It really did set it up for me down there. And I played some fantastic football. I was allowed to play, yeah. get the shackles off and go and enjoy myself. And... 
I think he only missed one game that season for suspension. Well, lo- well, looking at that, you did play a lot of games in a short period of time. So I was thinking, uh, looking on paper, it does look like almost a perfect grounding for you as a pro. Yeah, you know, it, you, you've uh, had the chance to kind of learn and, and develop. It was, you know, you get lads saying now, I'd rather sit in the reserves or the U23s and sit in the stand and be happy just sat there. Mm. For me, I wasn't on a lot of money then anyway. So I went down there and said, listen, if I can do well for this year, the goods will come to me, yeah. you know, yeah. it will come. Yeah. And, and that's what I did. And I, I actually went on all the after the year, come back, signed another two years contract. He come in three, three weeks later, Terry, and he went, uh, you're going to Wimbledon. We've, uh, we've had an offer. I went, sorry, Wimbledon, that's where he played tennis. <laughs> Wimbledon, they don't play yeah. football. Eh? He says, no, Terry, you're going to the first division, the top league. This is your dream. I'm sending you, but we'll look after you. So what's a, what's the division worst ones here at that, that point? It was in the fourth the, division. The so I went yeah. from a, one of the biggest clubs in Europe, yeah, who was getting yeah. 45,000, 50,000 crowds week in and week out, to Swansea, who was probably pulling in, you know, probably 10, 12,000. Yeah. You know, but you know what? I actually enjoyed it down there. It was absolutely brilliant. It, it really opened my eyes that get away. Go go and test yourself. Go and challenge yourself as a as a as a person. Yeah. And that's what I've always done since 13 years of age. We spoke briefly before we we come on here about you know agents and stuff like that. From what you've just described, then it was literally just the case of a club came in for me, and I went. Well, you know, like I had to make decisions myself again. Yeah. You know, there was no one to make decisions for me. You know, uh, I didn't have an agent. Uh, I didn't even know what an agent was then. Yeah. You know, I'm like, agent, what, what, what is that? Yeah. You know, I didn't even know how to write a check in a, in a bank then, you know, <laughs> and I got my first money. So let's let's be honest there. Yeah. Uh, but no, you, you just got to go sometimes. You just got to go with your own instinct. Of course. Yeah. And your gut feeling. And look, I had a couple of clubs come in for me, but no, let me sit, get down there. Let me start fresh again. And let me show people that, what Terry Feeling's all about and, and what type of player is that I will get to the top league and that's what yeah. you've got to do. Well, I'm going to focus on a few highlights from the, the Wimbledon career which was, which was, which was a long one and in fact, appearance-wise, was the longest of your career in terms of the, the most games you've played. There's, there's, a, there's a big highlight which is a blue, makes me happy. Yeah, it was the, uh, happy. the victory against Liverpool mm. in the FA Cup. What are your memories of that? Well, obviously... Uh, I think your memories of it is when you start playing as a young boy and you're playing on the streets, everybody wants to play at Wembley. Everybody's going to be that team, you know. Uh, And unfortunately, I played on the streets. Obviously, I supported Man City as a boy. But growing up, we did watch Liverpool because Liverpool was the team of the teams then, wasn't it? He was winning everything. So we can't deny that. Absolutely. He was on the TV week in, week out, whoever they played. But they played some fantastic football. But Man City was my team. But I really couldn't go out with my Man City shirt on <laughs> yeah. in, in, in front of all Manchester United uh, <laughs> fans with their shirts on. So <laughs> I just used to wear neutral colours to tell the truth. Yeah. But no, I think it's, you know, getting to Wembley is always a dream. And then to play against Liverpool in front of 100,000 people at the old Wembley. Unbelievable. And, and, and you seeing Liverpool grow up and win trophies was, was unbelievable, yeah. Well, the, the actual game itself then, is there any... Any, any well, particular yeah, I mean, there's, highlights there's, from the I mean, day? There's great highlights. There's a great highlight, you know, in, in the tunnel where, you know, Vinnie Jones, Dennis Wise, John Fashnew, he was, he was having the war cry in the tunnel. And, and I was a quiet lad anyway. I just got on. I used to set my mind, focus on what I used to do. But they got on it and they, they was rallying the lads up. And it was a bit nerve-wracking in that 
nerve-wracking in that tunnel, to tell you the truth, because it was, I thought it was going to go off in there, you yeah, know, but yeah. to be fair to the Liverpool players, they kept very calm. They, they looked Do you think they thought it was mind games for myself? Of course it's it always players, mind games, it? you know, that Liverpool sides were very used to playing massive games. Of course they were. You, know, really, you look so. at that Liverpool side then. I mean, to play against in. that team was just the highlight of everything. Mm. Don't, don't, don't forget, four to five years earlier, I was, I was in the reserve sides yeah. watching this watching team. Watching them win the European Cup. And, yeah, yeah, watching this team grow and get bigger and better and mm. better. Watching the John Barnes and thinking, well, you know, hang on a minute. I'm against a team who were group watching. Yeah. You know, hang on a minute. How are we going to cope with that? And to be fair, I think me and Big Eric Young turned around one night and we went, oh, I don't know, we'll, we'll probably get beat here about 5-0, but we'll go out and enjoy it. Yeah. You know, and what I can remember, we all went out on a Friday night, had a couple of Guinnesses, yeah. got ourselves ready, got to the game, got changed and said, look, we're going to treat it as any other game. No different. We're going to play the way we're going to play. We're going to stop Liverpool uh, counter-attack and we're going to stop Liverpool from playing. And, and that's what we did. But I think there was an incident with... Uh, Steve McMahon and uh, Vinnie Jones. Jones. Very early in the game. Very yeah. early yeah. in the game. And, and you know, Makara played with Makara, Man City, wonderful lad, and I still keep in touch with him. Mm. He's in some part of Asia. And we always have a discussion about it. He said, Terry, it, it, no, nothing ever happened. But I honestly believe psychologically it rocked the boat. Yeah. It did rock the boat. Because, and the ref waved play on. I don't even think it was a, I don't <laughs> think it was no, a we foul. He went, there was no VR then, boy. Yeah. Yeah. It was... Get yeah, on with get it, on arms with it, yeah. open, get on with it. So that that set the tone how we was going to play the game. We wasn't going to give Liverpool any respect, pound for pound, man for man. Yeah, they was better probably technically, but deep down, we was just good, as good as them physically and mentally. Well, this is a Liverpool side as well. That were uh, arguably classed as the, the greatest Liverpool side, that side of 88. And, yeah. And you just went there and just neutralised them and, yeah. and done a job on them. Well, we, did, we, 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 you know, we, we didn't watch them or anything like that. We just knew our own game. Mm -hmm. We concentrated on ourselves. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't fear Liverpool. We did not fear them any, any bit. We, you know, when you've got 11 men out there, the pressure was on them. Yeah. If they get beat then it's going to be set in stone in history for, well, for, forever. To this day, you know, it's to still this one day, of the finals, isn't it? That, you know, and you look at the Wigan Man City final, a little bit different, but yeah. uh, this final always sticks in everybody's mind because that was one of the best Liverpool sides ever. It was, if it had yeah. not been for obviously Heysel, they would have went on and, and conquered Europe as well, wouldn't oh, they? Oh, yeah, definitely, 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 so, yeah. definitely, definitely. Especially that the, the front line, he has Beardsley, yeah. Aldridge oh, and Barnes. I mean, you know, and... and, and you know, the midfield they had and all, and the two centre-backs was yeah. absolutely fantastic. The goalkeeper and the full-back. I mean, they had everything, everything didn't they? Yeah. Pace, power, arrogance, swagger, you name it, that side and had a, and it. And a team littered with internationals. Home all internationals. I yeah. mean, we didn't even have an international in that. I, I was a, I was a uh, under-21. I was a youth international mm. and an under-21 international. That, that was it. You've just touched on something there. Do you think, obviously, this, this team, this Wimbledon team, ends up getting the label of the crazy gang? Do you think that label itself kind of effect, um, impacted on some of the reputation of some of them players and maybe didn't, didn't get the recognition they deserved? Is that fair, or do you think it's... Well, listen, it was, uh, the crazy gang was a lot... It was there a long time before I arrived. Yeah, yeah. It was, you know, it was there, the crazy gang, yeah, you know. And he yeah. was he was crazy. He <laughs> did, did do crazy things, yeah, mind yeah. the way. And it, you'd sit there and you think, wow, how did he get away with that? But that was part and parcel of the, us together and us growing up together. And, you know, I got a little bit... I got respect because I played for Leeds United. Of course, yeah. And instant respect. But I was a quiet lad. So none of the craziness happened to me, like, you know, cutting my clothes up or, you know... Uh, 
poop them in my salt bag and poop them in my pillar at the hotels and things like that. Poop them in your shoes. You know, yeah. all them, them things there, which you yeah. had to be... It was like it was like going into a, you know, a minefield all the time. You always had to, you know, check scan your the areas, yeah, check yeah. your shoulders, anything yeah. going on. You couldn't leave your, your, your key on the table of the dining room because once that got swiped, you're knackered. <laughs> you don't know. So obviously, mine was always tied yeah, around my neck, you know. But no, I think... Uh, Listen, when we when we beat Liverpool, I think the world stood up and turned around and says, There's good players there. Mm. And look at look at us. Two and a half million I went. Man City, John Scales went, John Fastenew went, uh Dave Besson went, Andy Fawn went, yeah. Yeah. Eric Young went, Dennis Wise went. They all went for millions. Yeah, yeah. So we couldn't have been that bad. You oh know, no, yeah. I'm even though we was off the sc scrappy, I was yeah. bought for ninety thousand. Yeah. You know, uh, Terry Gibson was there, bought for three hundred thousand for Manchester United. So yeah. we had some fantastic players in that side. Absolutely. Um, you then went on to make the first of your forty-two caps for Republic of Ireland in ninety-one, mm -hmm. and you played most significantly, I suppose, during that period in the ninety-four World Cup in USA. I, I yeah. remember the Ray Outen goal mm. it, oh, yeah. as, as clear as clear yeah. as day and, yeah. and everyone was behind Ireland in, in that mm. particular World Cup because there's yeah. a lot of players who were I suppose native English if you like that had gone to represent yeah. well, the, not the only Republic that, of Ireland there was no other home that's it exactly there, was and, and the England's weren't there yeah. I remember feeling yeah. that real England affinity for Republic, for Republic yeah. That, yeah. what are your memories of that particular World Cup well obviously you know if you if you if you if you lead up to it you know it's always the build up to it isn't it you know you're playing you know your qualifying games the hard qualifying games you're on the road you're playing in a tough league anyway what you're yeah, playing yeah, yeah. in domestically you know you're playing two games you know two games a, a week you're playing a fixture pile-ups now you know, a lot and, worse, they're, they're, and, and they're worried about now with yeah. all the finances they've got and the sports science the rehabilitation, got, yeah. rehabilitation. Yeah. so anyway uh, no I think it was I think getting there because we we drawn against Northern Ireland and we just crept through, you know, but it was in our own hands anyway. You know, we lost stupid games and we should have won games, but we got there and it was like we've got a chance here in this World Cup, by the way, because we'd already yeah. beat Germany in Germany two nil, yeah. we'd already beat Holland in Holland one nil, and, and and wiped the board with teams. And Big Jack saying, "Listen, lads, don't peak too early after beating them teams. We've got a World Cup to come. Let's let's yeah. keep it nice and steady here." But going to the World Cup with lads who'd already went to 88 and 90, mm. it was fantastic for them, you know, to go to two World Cups in your career and playing yeah. like them lads did, your, your Andy Townsends and that, and your Packy Bond. It was absolutely brilliant for them. Bond, As yeah. a fresh lad coming in, I'm going to admit it, if we go back to the school days after the FA Cup and the European Cup back then, what was Cup, the next one? It's the World Cup. My yeah. first World Cup was 78, yeah. Argentina. Yeah. So I'm thinking... Wow, how would it? How cool would it be to go to World Cup with your country, pinnacle yeah. of anybody's career, and you know, playing against Italy and walking out in front of in, into the giant stadium yeah, of yeah. wow, ninety odd, a hundred thousand people yeah. or more, yeah. you know, was absolutely fantastic. And then what happened next for Ray Alton, Liverpool oh. player there, yeah. you know, uh, ex Liverpool player yeah, there yeah. to score how we scored was brilliant and if you see my celebration and I, I say it to everybody <laughs> it was like I was waking up for a dream this is the World yeah. Cup you've just scored in the World Cup yeah. and the way I grabbed him yeah. I didn't there was no emotions it was just sheer is this real yeah. Yeah. is this actually happening you know you know you look at 88 and then six years later 
playing in a World Cup against one of the best teams yeah. in the world, the yeah. Italians who went yeah. on to get to the final and obviously yeah. lost on, I think, PKs. Missed penalty, yeah. Baggio, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Unbelievable. No, incredible yeah. experience and, and an incredible team as well, some of the names there. and Yeah, yeah. you look at the names there, you know, Ray Alton, you know... Uh, now Quinn, Roy Keane, yeah. John Sheridan, who I played with throughout me 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 career, Dennis Irwin, Packy Bonner, Big Paul McGrath, yeah. you oh, know really. Andy Townsend, you know Steve Staunton, world class names, yeah. household names, who everybody it. will know. How good the centre half was, Paul McGrath, because it was probably the best centre half I would ever ever played with. Yeah, because the, he had ever. a lot of injury problems and he couldn't. Yeah, train, with, could it, with, he, and with his knees and yeah. that bit. You know, read the game well, you know, cool and calm on the ball, didn't over accelerate himself, didn't, you know, didn't do anything out of the ordinary, just did everything simple, read the game superbly. Yeah. And God forbid, if he didn't have his sore knees, I think he still would have been playing now. He was a thoroughbred, he was a yeah. total thoroughbred. He, I'd never seen anybody outpace him, and he'd probably give them a, a three or four yard start and just get a touch on the ball. Fantastic, yeah. great leader and all. And he was a very soft-spoken uh, chap, was Paul, but on the field, Led you, only had, to look, you only had to look at you. Yeah. He, he reminded me of Van Dyke a little bit. Yeah, I was just going to say, say that. that. Yeah, you know, just, big colossal, big yeah. strong, head the ball, strong, wave his fist about. Yeah, brilliant player. Brilliant. Um, in the meantime, obviously, you, you had, as you spoke about before, you'd signed for Manchester City in the summer of 92. Yeah. And as we spoke about off, off air, you equaled the British transfer record for, for a defender at the time, yeah. which was two and a half million, which probably rose to more, didn't it? With, 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 with probably did. I, I would never know that. Um, what I mean, we spoke a little bit off air about the, the other clubs' interest around the time. I believe there was a bit of a hunt on wasn't there and, and the quite a few teams were in the mix yeah I think I think there was obviously playing for your country ads and all and don't forget you're yeah. playing well for your country we just missed out on the uh, Euros, Euros that year just missed yeah. out to England England went through and yeah. England you know didn't have the best of uh, didn't, tournaments yeah but, didn't do much yeah. you know I, I remember it very brightly and you know teams like Barcelona Manchester United uh, Tottenham Hotspurs Celtic Rangers you know, Ajax, you know, big, massive teams uh, was coming in. Even teams like Crystal Palace was prepared to pay the amount. Yeah. You know, Bolton was, you know, teams like that. Uh, but, you know, I could have signed for Manchester City when I was 12, 13 years of age. And it was a club I supported as a young boy, you know, but kept it within me because I was in Salford, which is a big red area. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it was very hard to break out, you know, and, and yeah. come out of it. Uh, I, I I didn't want to be chased down the street every day. That's probably why I was fast, you know. <laughs> but you know, going to Manchester City, uh, the plans was there. Peter Reid, ex Evertonian, he, he he laid the plans down. He said, Terry, this is what we're doing. This is where we're going. I was excited about the matter, but the other teams didn't want to pay two and a half million pounds, uh, and it was it was a big ask. And I begged, cried. Sam Herman, please let me go to the, you know to a Barcelona. Mm. Johan Cruyff was there at the time for wow. a million and a half. Wow! But would have settled in. Of course, would have settled in playing mm. in a team like that. But uh, I went to Manchester City. They laid the plans out. They said, "This is what we're looking to do." I thought, "Yeah, this is this is great." You know, you know, big crowds, big stadium, uh, next level. And uh, yeah, but obviously it didn't really pan out how it was supposed to pan out, which yeah. is life. Well, you did. One of your highlights and one of the things I picked out, you scored an amazing goal against Spurs in the FA Cup where you, where yeah. you ran like the, the length of the pitch. Yeah. And it was I a cool finish at the end, which it doesn't 
doesn't depict a player who only scored five goals in his career. Talk us through that one. I was more of a provider. I'll tell you <laughs> what, I probably have more assists than anybody in the yeah. world now yeah. for any fullback. Yeah, yeah. You talk about uh, Leighton Baines and all that. Like yeah. I, I don't know how many assists I used to have. I, well, I think from what I could gather, it, it was it was towards 150, I believe, from what, I, from what I could see, yeah. Well, there and you and these are off the records. It's but that's not bad, is it? For a, for a full one back. In, it's one in, one in four, which so is... So that, yeah. that tells you that we was forward-thinking fullbacks. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the modern the modern fullback... Tell me about the modern fullback. I think the so modern fullback's got more licence now because yeah, you don't have to defend. Yeah. They're more like wing-backs, aren't they? Because the, yeah. Yeah, we the deeper midfield mid will get drop forward, in. We yeah. had to defend. But, you know, give, take nothing away from the, the players this day and age. Some fantastic fullbacks. But I think going to Manchester City was... It's always going to be a highlight of my career. And I still speak to Peter Reid fondly about it. He said, Terry, we had the plans. We was going forward. We wanted to buy players, you know, get that I like, like Matt Letizia in. We was going to get Ian Wright and try and get him in and all. And, you know, build on what we had. Because we had a lot of young players in there. Yeah, David yeah. White, Michael Sheeran, Gary Flickcroft was coming yeah, through, yeah. Richard, Ed- Richard Edgell. King Cladsey there when you were there as well? No, yeah, but he'd come later. Yeah, later, later on, yeah. Later, uh, but obviously Peter Reid went after a year. yeah. yeah. And it must have been my signing. I don't know. It must have been me. Every, every club I you went spent to, spent that two and a half million the on him. Managers got sacked. Spent two and a half million on that feeling. But no, I had a fantastic time, and my first year was absolutely brilliant. I enjoyed myself at Man City. And there's another club where you think, can I stay there for me rest of my career? Very loyal. And managers come in, and finances are struggling. Uh, the chairman Peter Swells was under great pressure from other people on the outside, which was a great shame because yeah. he did spend the money. Mine, you know, he yeah, spent yeah. a lot of money before me. Yeah. In the 80s, he was spending the money, but uh, it, w- it wasn't to be. And, you know, uh, yeah, another chapter. Well, yeah, you did that. obviously went on to another massive club in Chelsea, 1995, mm. for 750,000, which was certainly still no, no mega fee at that time. Mm. You've obviously spoke about how fond fondly you were of Man City. Was that a was that a difficult move or was just was it the right move? It had to, you know, it kind of well, had to happen. It was a, it was a difficult move because I didn't really want to move from Manchester City. I was more or less pushed out with the manager. And it was no use me sitting about. Yeah. In, in them days, you don't want to sit about. I didn't want to be in the reserves because I wasn't. I didn't see myself as a reserve team player at that age. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Twenty-eight, you no, were then. No chance still, of that. Still flying. Uh, I didn't want to be sat in the stands. Chelsea come in, Glenn Oddle. I sat down with Glenn and he went, "Look, this is what we're <laughs> it's a great There's story. A this, this is where we're going. This is what we want to yeah. do." And I went, "Wow, we're going to get A, B, C players in." And I'm like. Absolutely brilliant. I'm coming to Chelsea. Yeah. Went to Chelsea. Dennis Wise was there, you know, and I thought Dennis met me. Said Terry, you got to come here. This is going to be a, this is going to be one of the biggest clubs in Europe. Believe me, it's a sleeping giant. You've mm. got to come. Uh, and then obviously I went to Chelsea. I went injured from Man City. I had an hamstring injury, uh, and I'm and I'm like, I really want to stay at Man City. So I went. I didn't play the first couple of months because the hamstring. And Glenn said, don't worry, you'll be in. Got in there, I've played some fantastic stuff. Loved by the Chelsea fans, you know, that injury kept cre- creeping back. And yeah, flying flying all colours, flying all colours. And then what happens? Gaffer gets a... Uh... The gaffer decides to go in, <laughs> yeah. go to England. And I'm like, oh, here we go again. What's going on here? <laughs> So I'm like, it must be something to do with me. And, it, you know, it was another blue jersey. And also yeah. I'm thinking, I may have to change jerseys <laughs> a bit. You know, it was a great time. You don't forget, you're playing with Jan Varanko, Zola, Rude Hullet, Viali. Uh, Viali, Dennis Wise, Frank LaBeouf, uh, Mark Hughes, yeah. another Manchester well, lad, yeah. he was there. So that was good. I room with Mark. 
So you look at the team, Johnny Spencer, Eddie Newton, yeah, fantastic players there. Di Matteo went on and oh, won yeah. the Champions League. How could you not want to go to Chelsea with them players there? Yeah. You know, but injuries, you know, was was creeping in. I wasn't really, in my mind, I wasn't really too Didn't happy. Didn't feel 100%? I never felt 100%, you know, I never felt 100% there. Uh, and even though I, I, I could play, I never really felt 100% there. And then they changed manager again. I think Rude come in then, and Rude was a different personality. He wanted things done his own way. You know, Rudy, a little bit arrogant about him, you know, and I, I thought it was more about Rude than the actual players. I, I thought his time, man yeah. management wasn't the greatest with the players, where Glenn's was fantastic. Yeah. You know, he'd sit yeah. down with you. If you had a problem, he'd put his arm around you, where Rude was rude. Sounds yeah. like we're talking about Ronald Koeman, doesn't it? Yeah. We've heard, we've heard the yeah. same things about Koeman, you know, with the way you know, he came I think, in. I, think, as a touch I think as a manager, you've got to, you know... You've got to you've got to treat people as 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 a, a person, as yeah. a human being, how you want to be treated, and nothing different. And mm. I just didn't think I got that feeling. Graham Ricks was brilliant, and the backroom staff, but I just didn't think I got that feeling. Did and you ever have any? Um, I, I don't think it, it was a overlap. No, no. Did you ever have any um, acquaintance with Ray Wilkins? Was Ray Wilkins ever about uh, at that well time? Well, I've always had. I always bumped into Ray yeah. here, here, there, and everywhere. Obviously, the ex Manchester United, uh, AC Milan, yeah. brilliant player. Uh, wonderful person and all, uh, but you know, I, I don't think he was at Chelsea then. Yeah. You know, no, it was only curious because I've heard a lot of good things. Yeah, about, no, no, fantastic. Hey, listen, yeah. you, you know, I wish someone like Ray was there so you could sit down and talk to him. You yeah. could put your arm mm. around you, even though we, we're only human beings. Yeah. You know, we, we, you know, it, and it's it's a tough life being a football player. Forget about the money. It's mm. a tough life because you have to make sure you're up for that fight week in and week out. Yeah. And it is. It's like a boxing match. It's me against you. You yeah. know, it's me against that wing. It's eleven one v ones, isn't it? Yeah. And, that, and that's it. And that's the way yeah. I looked at it. Every every time I looked at a game, it was putting food on my table. Yeah. It was a job. It yeah. was a good job, but it was still a hard job. And as we go on through the program, you'll you'll hear little bits and bobs how it even got harder. Yeah. Well, onto that, I'm sure there'll be a, a little bit of that in, in mm. this area as well. An injury to Andy Inchcliffe in December '99 went Joe Royal needed a left back and. And he obviously called upon yourself at the age of 29. Yeah. 800,000, again, still not, not not pennies at that time. You stated at the time one of the big reasons was moving back for family reasons. Was, was that a big motivation at that time? Yeah, I think, you know, things wasn't going right at Chelsea. I didn't want to leave Chelsea. It was a great club. And I remember, I remember going into the Chelsea, going back down, picking my stuff up, going into Chelsea. And, and Rude went, why, why, why? Rude went, why did you leave? You should be staying here. I said, well, maybe if man management was a little bit better... And maybe you'd feel more welcome. Maybe a bit more welcome, you, you'd be OK. Uh, but he said, I should have bided me time, which maybe I should have, but you haven't got time in football. You want to no. play. You're, you're made to play. You're programmed to play, not to sit in stands. That's, yeah. That wasn't for me. So I went to Everton, fantastic club, back up in the northwest, back with family, back with friends. Wonderful family club, Everton, the Evertonians, you know what they're like, you know, very passionate very temperamental people. You you go into that stadium. If you're not playing well, <laughs> yeah. they're gonna make Let it you know. known. So mine was mine was, hey, listen, it's about putting food on my table. I'm gonna give these Everton fans everything I've got. Took me a little bit of time to settle in, but once I settled in I was flying. And what a wonderful place to play at. And I you know and and I realise why ex players go back there. It's a wonderful place and I don't get time to go back there, but every time I've gone back there, it's been Welcome with open arms and fantastic place. It was some of my first years as a season ticket holder. To be fair, and I said this year off air, and 
and and I can only say from from experience of being there, you were a favourite with the fans, and, and I think you were one of them players where, and I know you a loser before that Everton were in for you early in your career. I think we looked at you and thought, if we could have had him five years ago, he would have been a ten year. Left plan. back and would have been made a plan. it. Yeah, you know, I mean? it been you know, I had to go in there and fill big boots because Andy Inchcliffe was oh, fantastic. Yeah, Neil Poynton was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Van den Howe Van Van was yeah. fantastic. Psychopath, yeah. You know, you look at the wonderful left backs they have and, you know, you don't want to go in there as a bit part player and I thought sometimes I was going there is just to fill fill the boots because Andy was in, injured and if he come back, you know, where, would I be surplus of requirements? You know, is it just a... a, a Fill a gap, and I think gap, it yeah. was, did, you know. Did and these I, thoughts enter your head? Of course they do, the, yeah, of course they do. But then you can't let them, you know, fester. You have to get rid of that, you know. Yeah. You have to let the garden grow in your mind and get all that out and let no weeds in there. And honestly, yeah, it was great. So played, and then I think it was round about, I went there around about Christmas, New Year, and I played all that, it was fantastic. And then I think the following, uh, the following Christmas, I think I got uh, a cartilage injury and that, that was just, I just don't think it was treated right, to yeah. tell the truth. I, I, it wasn't treated right. I would expect it to be done. Started getting other injuries, and that, that laid into me, laid me off playing for a wonderful club for 18 months, on and off. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that, 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 was a, that was terrible. That, that was a, a terrible psychological uh, pathway to go through because I was always a player who wanted to play and, and, yeah. and give me all. And you did obviously play a lot, a lot of games throughout your career. I th just, to, just to touch on a few things, I mean, in typical Terry Phelan fashion, Joe Royal was sacked not too long. That's a shock, isn't it? How many blue? That's a shock, isn't it? But you know, before we just listen, I don't want to be. I think it just just must be me. Sorry, Joe. No, sorry, Peter Reid. Glenn, sorry. These are Everton boys, apart from Glenn as well. I know. But yeah, before we get on to the the Joe Royal thing, we had some. I mean, and this was we've asked this to a few guests. We've had in like the likes of Joe Parkinson and later on Michael Ball. There was a lot of very good Everton players around that squad at the time and, and it was almost a squad that we felt didn't really live up to its potential. You had Andre Kinchelskis, Duncan Ferguson, Neville Southall was supposed coming towards the end but was still a top keeper, Gary Speed. Were you surprised at some of the form that, that side That's went why I went. That's why yeah. I went to Everton because when you look at the, the, the team sheet and you look at the squad, uh, the squad yeah. and you think to yourself, wow, you're looking at players who are all internationals, by the way. Yeah. And they, they didn't excel even before I got there. They didn't do yeah. what they're supposed to have done, you know. And, and, and I think them players wanted to leave. You know, Andrew Kinchelski's mind gets twisted, wanted to leave, so he doesn't put yeah. the performance in what got him, you know, from Manchester United to Everton. Yeah. And he's scoring, I think he scored 25 goals did, that did, season. Did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was yeah. it 20 close, goals? Close to 20 goals, I think he scored. And, you know, you've got Gary Speed there. You know, uh, I think Nick Barnby was Barnby there. Barnby just coming in, yeah. He was just, just coming in you. there. And uh, <coughs> you had a few young lads coming through. You know, your Michael Balls, your yeah. Karamatris, you know, your... Franny Jeffers. You know, Jeffers. Franny yeah. Jeffers, yeah. you know. You had wonderful players coming through. Uh, you know, Dave Watson there, you know. You're so you're looking at you thinking, hang on a minute, this could be... We could actually go somewhere here. Mm. But it just doesn't happen for some reason. And I, d I don't know why that is. And I, I still don't know why it is. Maybe a lot of players lost heart. Maybe the pressure of the fans was too much for them. They couldn't yeah. all, uh, handle the pressure. Because we know what Everton fans are. If you work extra hard for them, you're okay. If you don't, right. you, you, you're no good to them. Yeah. They don't want you. And, you know, I think it was a lot of, uh, hard for a lot of players to settle there. Especially the new ones who have come yeah. in. It was a frustrating time at the club. I mean, uh, around yeah. obviously the, the and Peter I felt Johnson it. Era. I felt it for yeah. the fans and all, you know. And uh, I do, I do, you know. I'm a, from a, a real working class background, 
And uh, I felt it for the fans, you know, going and paying money and, and watching us not perform. It, w- it wasn't right. So have I performed? I'm, I'm all right if I perform, but yeah. we've got to perform as a team. And I don't think we really did that. But we never went down. You know, yeah. that, that was the main thing. Well, yeah, absolutely. That was, that was the, I suppose, the number one objective. And it, it's still, I suppose you, you look, look at both ways, don't you? I, th- I think I looked at it five years later thinking, even though it's at the time I was, I never thought it was, it was the best thing to go down that season and, and for the club to start again. But you think, what directions are they going after that? You yeah. look at Listen, what happened you, to your, your Blackburns, what happened to you, Leeds for you, periods of time, you City. Go, you go down there and you've got the hardest league in the world to get out yeah. of the championship. I've mm. played in the championship for yeah. Fulham. And you've got to have top, top world-class yeah, players yeah. to get out of that. And everybody has to be on top song. Otherwise, you can free fall. You looked at what happened to Man City, but they got back. Great Leeds United, your Sheffield United, your Sheffield Wednesdays, your yeah. Aston Villas. They've all been there. Everton haven't been down there. No. They've never yeah. been down there. No. So... You know, as a player, you don't want to be down yeah, there. Yeah, you don't want to be with, down with there. A top as a fan, like you don't want to be down there. Absolutely, you, know? yeah. you don't want the, the grit. And that's no no disrespect to the championship. You know, of course, yeah, yeah. For money, for TV rights, for getting players into your club, for building your club, yeah. uh, nurturing your club. You know, that's that's a no-no for yeah. owners. Yeah, yeah. not only that, it's the other side over the park. <laughs> we, we don't want it for them reasons, do exactly, we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It rubs well, in every every well, season, yeah. Well, I think you still get it rubbed in your neck now anyway. Yeah, so yeah even more so, yeah. yeah just um, be proud of what's been built and be proud of your the direction club we're and going the direction you're going. Hopefully, you know, that Everton are there. Man City have done it. A lot of money's come in. But they're starting to win trophies now. You know, we, yeah. we look at these sleeping giants. Maybe they need an injection of money. Yeah, of course, yeah. Looking back at the, the, the Joe Royal exit then, what was your relationship like with Joe? I mean, up to that point, I think you played maybe 18 times or something. Was, Brilliant. Was Joe a good guy to, to work for? Willie Donnerke, Joe. Willie Donnerke yeah. was hard. He wanted you to run as much as you can. Joe was a bit more laid back, you know. Willie Donnerke took the reins all the, all, all the while. Was he a good coach, Willie? Yeah, very good. Mm. You know, very s- simple. Mm but effective. He just wanted you to do your job and that. And he'd get onto you and all, which I didn't mind that. Yeah, you yeah. know, but uh, my, my, in my mind, it, my, my psychological pathway was, if I play well, then I'm not letting anybody down. So it's up to me to perform week in and week out. Yeah. And I can go in that change room and the gaffer can go, well, listen, we man, absolutely fantastic today. You know, and that's what you wanted. You, yeah. wanted, you wanted to get a pat on your back. The team wanted to get a pat on the back, you know. And we had some fantastic players, but Joe Royal was fantastic. I had no problems with Joe. He was just so laid back. He'd just sit down, have a cup of tea with you. How were you going? Any concerns? You know. And it and, and I used to I see. I used to thank clubs for coming and buying me. Yeah. You know, because I used to think of it as a lot of money. You know, fans are paying yeah. it. Yeah. It's the fans yeah. who are paying it. Yeah, yeah. So why not go out and perform at a hundred percent? That was me. No, it's a great attitude. Um, the. Dave Watson came in as caretaker manager for a bit. How was that for the squad? Do you remember? Do you recall that? Yeah, Dave. D- I mean, Waggy was. Yeah. Co- if you don't mind me calling yeah, him Waggy, I'm sure yeah. he, if he's yeah, listening yeah. to this, Waggy was brilliant. Waggy was just one of those old pros. What give his all? He could run, but he couldn't run faster than me. Waggy, <laughs> if you're listening, remember the pre-seasons we used to do? He was the top man. Uh, you, <laughs> Bally, uh, John, told us John Collins, uh, Richard yeah. Goff. There was only one top man. But no, Waggy was fantastic and he was he was a leader. And, you know, yeah. I don't think there's many centre-backs like that nowadays. A defender, if it needed to go in Rosehead, it put mm. it in Rosehead and he got the chaps together again. And, you know, Waggy was fantastic. And what can I say about him? 
Yeah, great lad. We still haven't found anyone to this day have we, who defended like him and, no. and, and probably had the club's interests at heart. Very which, which fit, is looked after himself a lot, you know, always stretching, always looking after himself. You know, and, and you know, when we talk about role models for, for the youth coming through, I don't, is there a lot of them about now, like Waggy in a strange room? Who, who would tell you, by the way, how it is? Yeah. He'd tell the young lads how it is. I don't think you can do that this day and age. Well, that, that, that's interesting you say that because I, I mentioned Michael Ball and, and, and he pointed out yourself. He said uh, Waggy, he said Richard Goff, he said Neville Southall, he said these were, tr he said we'd come in in pre season. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm 15, 10, year, 10, 15 years younger than these. He said they would run us off the, off the well, field. Well, you look at Nev. John Nev, Collins, he Nev used to well. come in at five o'clock, get there yeah. for seven o'clock. So he used to leave Wales five o'clock, get yeah. there for seven. He'd already done a training Before session. Before he started. Brilliant. I mean, yeah. who does that? That just shows you. So for me, if I'm a young goalkeeper, I want to be in at seven o'clock with him. Thinking yeah. that's the level, yeah. I'm working with him because I want to get to that level. Yeah. And, you know... That, that was that was them boys for you. They wanted to play as long as they wanted to play, and they put their their all into it. And I'd say I, I, it was just a privilege to play play at Everton and play alongside some fantastic, wonderful internationals again, top internationals. Definitely. Did it take a, a, a while for for certain players to adjust to playing under Dave Watson uh, as opposed to alongside him? To, to no, Waggy was simple. He just yeah. get the ball down. If it needs to go, it needs to go. Get it forward. Get yeah. up to big dunk nice and quickly. Yeah. Get around big dunk, you know, and, and then we'll feed off dunk. We'll, we'll, we'll get around and feed off that. And let's play in the middle to last third. Yeah. You know, don't be messing around in our own half. Let's play up there. Let's put the uh, the opposition the up under foot. the back foot yeah. and, and let's do it. And Dave was great. Don't, don't forget, he's under a lot of pressure himself course, and yeah. all, isn't it? And don't forget then, you sat in the dressing room as a player. You've got all your mates around you. Then you have to go upstairs as the interim manager, as we call yeah, it. Yeah. Then you have to make decisions. Then you have to drop your, drop your best mates. mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, you know? that's, so yeah. it's not easy. It's impossible. It's, not job, easy. Isn't it? it's impossible. But the thing is, lads, them days, they used to get on with it. If you wasn't playing well, you were sat in the stand and you accepted it. Yeah. Simple. Well, Howard Kendall was then brought in as the. I suppose at the time it was going to be the long-term successor. Howard's obviously a, a legend at the club, um, both as a player and as a manager. How how was that when Howard came in? Was it a completely different dynamic to Joe? Was it? I think, without being disrespectful to anybody, because I'm not, and and you know, uh, Howard did some wonderful things at uh, obviously Everton, and then he went period. on to went yeah. on to, yeah. to Man City. But I don't think it was the right choice. I yeah. think it, it, we could have got somebody else in. I don't think it was. Uh, I don't think the training methods was it was Up the best. Yeah. I don't yeah. think it was the best. Yeah. I don't think we learned a lot, to tell you the truth, as a group of lads. Yeah. Uh, and it, there, there was something missing. There was that, there was that chemistry was missing. Uh, and lads could mainly do what they wanted and there wasn't that, the, the, the authority. The level of discipline. Yeah, what was, was, was probably Willie yeah. and Joe. Obviously, they was under pressure because of the league format. But how was I, I, how was Howard going to change that? You know, how was he going to come? How was he going to enlighten the lads who was down on the dumps? Mm. They just seen a quality pair go, and I mean, I, I knew Adrian Eve. Adrian Eve coming with him, uh, so it was it was it was a tough call really. And I wasn't really, I was I didn't really play cards on the bus. Yeah, yeah. I didn't expect to play cards. I was one who wanted thinking about my job. And then when you're getting told to play cards and do this, and that was trying that, to force a culture that, that wasn't, wasn't that, really that yeah. wasn't for me. I, my culture was different. That wasn't yeah. that wasn't for me. That culture. So there was rumours circulating at the time that certain players left because 
it wasn't professional. It wasn't. No, it wasn't professional. It wasn't professional how it should be professional. Don't forget, I've been at clubs where it was professional, really professional, and it wasn't that. It wasn't. It it, it wasn't that. And uh, no, but listen, no disrespect. I don't want anybody no, to think I'm disrespecting. Things that happened and worked fifteen years before doesn't always happen. Fifteen. It, it, it years wasn't right. It wasn't. The, it wasn't the right move. And I think we, we. I think ownerships panicked a little bit and instead of sitting down taking stock and going, you know, I think they tried to, like, paper over the cracks, paper over the cracks. Is that yeah, the right one there? Yeah, that's the one there. Is that the one there? I'm talking to the lad there, so... <laughs> but, no, I think that was... Uh, uh, it wasn't the, the greatest of times, to tell you the truth, and I don't think it was for Howard, but, listen, taking nothing away from him, a fantastic player in his day and, mm. and a fantastic coach and manager early on, but times yeah. change and... You know, I just don't want to disrespect him. In no, that, absolutely. That. Well, you absolutely look, you look afterwards. I, I don't think Howard Kendall had a, had a job in football after that. No, it was the last job he that had. That was his last job he had. Yeah. So maybe he realised that. Yeah, it was sad that he couldn't change it around. But yeah. I think I think he needed someone a little bit strong with well, a group of lads. I think he later admitted in, in an interview because Everton were chasing Bobby Robson that summer, weren't they? And they were yeah. like... I think Andy Gray at one point was yeah, kind of... Andy, Andy, Gray, that, Andy Gray, I remember talking to Andy yeah. Gray about it and saying, yeah. look, w- w- but then, he, you know, he had a great job, did he, with Sky. Hit, yeah. You're not going to leave, yeah. to be fair, Sky where it's, you know, cemented for your kind yeah. of thing, you know. So we understood that. I remember yeah. speaking to Andy about that, yeah. And I think uh, I think Howard was close to saying he just felt an obligation. You know, yeah, he didn't feel as though it was the right time, but... You know, Peter Johnson made the call and said, "Look, we're at a bit of a, you know, we're at a win. We need, we need someone. Yeah. Can you come back and do that? Job? His experience. There's nothing course, wrong yeah. with that. But listen, we have different personalities in that changing yeah. room and different, you know, uh, players who want to go on different pathways and that. But it wasn't to be. And you know, Everton's still there. It's still yeah. in the EPL. It's still in the Premiership. Yeah. It never yeah. went down. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that. That I've yeah. never actually been relegated with, uh, with a club. Mm. Yeah." Because the manager always got sacked before it, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. See what I mean? I forgot about that. Now you brought it back. <laughs> Who else was there? Who else coming? <laughs> oh, I would got no, sacked and all, didn't he? Who else coming? Wow. No, no. I mean, obviously, as you, as we, we lose, or you alluded to before, it was a bit of a tough time, particularly after Howard come in for yourself personally with injuries. Yeah. I think it, you were ruled out for pretty much the entirety of 98 and, 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 and yeah. almost 99 yeah. as well. What, what did you say? It was a... What, what, in, what type of well, injury listen, was it? I, I went it in for a, a simple cartilage operation and uh, it wasn't quite right when I come out. Uh, there was still pain in there. It wasn't quite right. Maybe I come back too early. You know, me being me, wanted to come back too early. People are cartilage operation. It's only three weeks. You know, it takes longer than three weeks because you've actually gone in there. You've cut things away. Yeah. It, you know, you know you, you're cutting into you know, skin, bone, yeah, whatever, yeah. you know, when you take it, it takes a long time to heal. So, and it just wasn't right. And then I got Achilles injury, then a hamstring injury, because it wasn't... You'd overcompensate. Overcompensate. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't right. And I knew it wasn't right. Went and done it again. Uh, and then I felt okay. Started coming back, started playing reserve games. Then I get a spur on my knee because of all the impact on that, compensating. I get that done. And then I'm thinking, right, you know, we have to, we have to kick on here. I yeah. was in the gym every day. Every day I went in that gym without fail, worked my socks off. And I, and I remember going down to London with the, the physio and seeing a specialist, he says, what would you like to do when you retire? Would you like to sit on a beach? I said, sit on a beach? What are you on about? He says, well, I think you should do that. And I said, well, 
take the take the injury money, whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, I said, well, that's not in me. I want to be a football player, and I'm going to play football again. Until I and, uh, and 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 to be fair, my mind told me I was going to play again, and I worked extra hard, and I ended up playing again. Uh, play maybe one or two substitute games for Everton. But yeah, yeah. You know, by that time, Michael Ball was coming through, obviously, and you know things was changing. New manager had come in. Uh, I think it was Walter, Walter Smith, Smith and actually not come in. Yeah, times was changing there, and I just don't think I got the the crack of the whip with them, and I don't know why mm. because I was fit. I had a great pre-season. I was flying, and I was ready to start my Everton career again. Don't forget, I worked eighteen long hard months to get back in that it's team, bad, isn't it? and it never it never tough. happened. It, it just never happened for one or two reasons we don't know. Yeah, well. Uh, what, what I looked at, or what, what I found, and again, it's pretty much wha- what you've explained there. At 32, when it, when when obviously Smith come in as manager, that's when you rejoined the first team. Yeah. You made a Worthington Cup tie appearances against Oxford. Yeah. Um, at the time, with David Unsworth, Michael Ball, yeah. who were kind of fighting yeah. for that left back berth. Um, and eventually, you, you went out on loan to Palace. Yeah, uh, th- that was brilliant. That was the yeah. best thing I ever did. You know, because uh, it, it gave me a, a starting block to prove people wrong. And I, I, you know that was that was my motto. Go out there, mm. prove people wrong that I can still play in the top division. So I went to Palace. Stevie Copper, you know, he didn't have no funds. He had nothing, and he said, "Terry, will you come down and help us?" And you know what? I, you know, I met Stevie in India because he was he was Carol Blast. Well, I was going to say, is that where the link come from? Yeah. Yeah, and you, and you know what? He was fantastic. What a what a wonderful person and and and, and manager, simpler. And uh, and I think Wally Downs was with him at Crystal Palace at the time. I'm sure Wally was there. And he said, can you just come in and play left-back? I said, oh, I'll play left-back. I'll play better than left-back. Yeah, yeah. And uh, true to words, every every day, at every match, I got man of the match. And I still couldn't get in the Everton team. And I'm playing in one of the hardest leagues yeah. in, in the world. And I still couldn't get into the Everton team. So I don't think it was me playing. I think it may be... Your face I wasn't, didn't, I just, face my didn't face fit. didn't fit. Yeah, well, for, I was, some, I was, for some unknown reason, no, I don't know why. We we were confused as fans because I, I remember seeing obviously Michael Ball ended up becoming a a, a pretty well established yeah. centre back, and there was yeah. still that 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 yeah. voice at left back remained there until yeah. Leighton Baines a long time later yeah. until Leighton yeah. Baines come about. So yeah. it was it was definitely a curious one for yeah, us as fans. Playing, you know, if you, if you look, I played week in and week out for yeah. him. Uh, you know, my ratio of. Uh, crosses and, and, and setting up goals was I was bombing up and down and I felt like you know a ton of ton of bricks was taken on me. I was free and You're I was playing flying, again. I yeah. was playing, yeah. I was happy, I was doing things what full backs couldn't do and, and you know it was a diff- yeah. I was in a different world to yeah. tell you the truth. And you know I asked the lads who, who played with me at Crystal Palace. I was untouchable yeah. but I still couldn't get and that, that was the disappointing thing. Did that tarnish your, your, your kind of opinion of the club in any way? I know not you've obviously club, spoke about the not fans. Not of the club and not of the fans yeah. because I remember coming back and I, I, I played in a game and it was a pre-season game after injury and I was I was, I was was so riled up about things yeah. and you know and I said look these fans deserve me to be on mm. the field and I tried to give them everything, but it, it just never worked out. I don't, I don't know why, and it still baffles me now, especially when I couldn't pick my boots up, go back and pick my boots up when I went to Fulham. Oh. I, I thought that was really un- childish of a manager to... Is that Walter, was it? Yeah, yeah, you know, not to let me pick my boots up. And then I got a lot of stick of the Everton fans because I wrote that, you know, I only wanted to pick my uh, boots up. Why was this happening? Mm. And I got a lot of stick of some Everton fans for that, so I don't mm. know why that was. 
yeah. you know, you only want to play football. Of course, so yeah, did no. you have any like disagreements or anything with Walter Smith and Archie Knox prior or Jordan? No, no, I, you know, I used to stick up for the young lads. I remember playing in a game against Liverpool reserves and there was a lot of 16-year-olds and 17, a local derby, big game, you know, probably five or 6,000 fans mini there. Derby, wasn't in it? Mini yeah, derby, yeah. And we got beat 1-0 and Archie just went mad in the change room and I stood up and said, look, Archie, you know, these, these are young lads, maybe putting out, them days have gone. Let's mm. start nurturing the boys a little bit and getting on and not softening the boys up. These are young lads who it's the debut and that. Yeah. We only had four or five older lads in there. Uh, and I wasn't disrespectful, but, you know, I was truthful in what I was saying. Yeah. You know, mums and dads are in there watching their sons put that blue shirt on playing in a yeah. local derby. You know, one of the biggest games of their lives, maybe. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. And, you know, you've got, to, bit, you've got yeah. to treat the younger boys with a little bit of respect and all. And I don't know what happened. I, I really don't know. Mm. Uh, I, I don't know. Could it have been another thing? I don't know. Rangers, Celtic, Islands, I don't know. Could yeah. have been a million things. I wouldn't know. I think they were afraid of getting sacked, to be honest. Pardon? They were probably afraid of getting sacked, so they wanted to get rid of you. <laughs> Well, to tell you the truth, he probably was, and also, I, 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 you know what, I looked at that one, and all. I'll, I'll get rid of him before we get sacked anyway. But it's funny enough, I, I, I met, I walked into a restaurant in, in Manchester uh, with a few friends, and it was only about a week after he said I could go to, to Crystal, uh, I think it was Fulham. Yeah. And, you know, I could have stayed at Palace, but, you know, Palace didn't have the funds, and I went to Fulham on the rise, beautiful mm. players in there, and I, I remember being in a restaurant, and I come into the restaurant and Walter sat there. And he'd only been a week after he let me go. Yeah, after know? he wouldn't let you pick your boots up. Yeah, after he wouldn't. I had my boots around my neck when I was. <laughs> I was eating out my boots and all, <laughs> to tell you the truth. No, but no disrespect to anybody. We're mm. having a laugh here. We're having a joke, telling a few stories. But went in there. And the first thing I did is went up to him, shook his hand. I said, how are you going, gaffer? No disrespect, no nothing. He said, mm. how are you going, wee man? You know, I'm, 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 I'm sorry for that. Maybe I did make a mistake. I'm, I'm very sorry for that. You know, so you bygones yeah. be bygones. Top manager, world class manager in his in his mm. own right. But you know, if your face doesn't fit, it doesn't fit. Yeah. yeah. I thought you were gonna say you walked into the restaurant and the, the manager of the restaurant got sacked. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought like that, that was gonna See, I thought that was gonna be the that's theme gonna, that's today. Gonna be the one, no, it? <laughs> it's no. gonna stick. No, 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 no. The <laughs> manager never got sacked. <laughs> <laughs> the chef got sacked because his food was rubbish. No, I'm only joking. Yeah. Just a few few things before we move on from, from yeah. Everton and speak a little bit about what you're doing at the moment. Yeah. I've got a few players that I, I've, I've listed down here, just a few sent, a sentence or a few words on them, just because they're, they're probably interesting characters and obviously um, worth speaking about. Slav and Bilic. Oh, Slav, what fantastic, wasn't it? Great, just sat there yeah, listening to him. You know, yeah. loved the cigarette, and <laughs> sat there, and that 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 Croat, that that Croatian voice, uh, you know. <laughs> but very intelligent. I think he was yeah. a lawyer of that Slav. Brilliant, very, yeah. wonderful, very wonderful, well wonderful. He had a hip problem and all at Everton. I think yeah. we was cursed with a lot of injuries there. Yeah. Danny well, Williamson I, I had don't injuries. Know if Joe, yeah. Parkinson. Joe Parkinson yeah. had injuries. You know, Paul Bracewell had a long injury. I I had a long injury. Yeah. Do seems and the inch could do. Uh, there seem to have a hell of a lot of injuries yeah. in there, so we, d we, d we don't there know. Anyone check the pitch well. at Belfield? Cause I know, yeah, there was always, like, I always yeah. remember looking at the programmes. Best pitch, and one know. of the best pitches going, so yeah. we're not, are we blaming the groundsman? Maybe <laughs> he should have been sacked. No, <laughs> the no but uh, Slav was great, wasn't he? Slav would just sit there, look at you with them green eyes and, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Was he a good character I don't know if he was the arms. godfather or, or what, to tell you the truth. Was he a good character to have around? Fantastic character. Yeah. And no wonder he's done so well in the footballing world. 
Because above you know, all, he's a people person yeah, and people yeah, like him and stuff. Fan- yeah, fantastic. And, uh, you know, I just used to listen to him sit next to him. Oh, don't forget, you're international players then, you know, mm-hmm. and he was asking yeah. me about Ireland and, you know, uh, Croatia and how good Croatia was in the, in the day. He was fantastic. Still yeah. are now. Mm. Uh, and then for him to go on and manage Croatia and to, to beat England when he beat England yeah, that time was fantastic. Write, could you? Then I think that catapulted him in it into the Premiership. Didn't have the best of times. I, I just don't West think Ham. he got the rubber of green, did he? Mm. Didn't have the two signings didn't really work out for him to deal. No, it? I think it was a few panic signings yeah, and yeah. all for Big Slav. But I think he's back and got another job. Yeah, he's uh, at West Brom now. Yeah, he's at West yeah. Brom. So yeah. if, if you're listening, uh, Slav, if you want anybody to talk to, please uh, give me a ring and I'll come and talk to you a bit. Wonderful fellow, and all the best to him, yeah. Class. Uh, Neville Southall, you spoke a little bit about uh, oh. Nev's professionalism, <laughs> but he, he's a personality as well, oh, wasn't he? Nev, Nev, <laughs> how, how would I put Nev? Nev, 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 brilliant though, but just just a different, goalkeeper's a different mentality <laughs> anyway, but he was just a different, different, different mentality, you know, always fun, always a crack and a joke, you know, and uh, I, I, you know what? I could never figure Nev out, but he was just brilliant. Yeah, he was we, just we, brilliant, honestly. And I remember, I remember, remember when he sat against the post because he was so distraught and he didn't come off the field. Yeah, that was Nev, you know. But tell you what, he got the best out of the players and he hammered. You know, a world class goalkeeper. I would have loved to have played in front of him when he was at, at his, his prime, prime, because yeah. he was the best goalkeeper yeah. in the world. And yeah, Nev was Nev was brilliant. Nev was just. Somebody different, unique. Nev was. He was just unique, just unique. Done it. Done his own. Just, he just do his own thing. Yeah. You know. Very different one now. Andre Kincelskis. Well, Andre had some running in battles in playing against Andre and left back. You know, yeah, and, yeah. And, and and that. But uh, Andre was a quiet lad. You know, he loved he loved the bet. Andre. You know, he used to go out and buy the uh, the lottery ticket. He used to buy ten of them. Why buy ten? Of them? He's on twenty, thirty, forty <laughs> grand a week. Then I didn't understand <laughs> that. Uh, but no, it was it was great, and it. I would have loved to have played with him a lot longer, mm. you know, because he's on, he, on his day. But I think he just lost that zest. Yeah. I think he'd done, it, done his bit at Everton. I think he wanted a new challenge. I think he went to Fiorentina. Yeah. Went Fiorentina. to Fiorentina then. He had a good spell yeah, there. Did, yeah. I think, you know, Man United then going to Everton, he had one or two injuries. But, you know, he, he, he was great. A quiet lad, but fantastic. I come out of the old uh, joke now and again, you know, yeah. but big, strong athlete. Uh, still couldn't beat me in a race, though. Yeah, not and many I, think that, I, think, I think that pissed him off a little bit. <laughs> he still couldn't beat me in a race. But I remember him scoring an hat trick against me. And that pissed me off when he was at Man United. United and you're at, I but can't it, remember that game, stuff, actually. It was just stuffy goals, what you couldn't do nothing about. You know? <laughs> it wasn't on. as if he went round me and all that lot. You know, come to him, we belted it first time. But, uh, you know, th- and I think that's what uh, that's why Everton bought him after that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not hands in that then. Uh, the next one, a uh, bit more of a difficult one, uh, and a, a person I've spent a lot of time with on, on coaching courses, Gary Speed. Well, God rest his soul, Gary, you know, and, and obviously uh, grew up at Leeds, my old club, that's where he grew up. And uh, what, a, what a person, though, what a, what a gentleman, you know. And we talk about players and we talk about characters and changing rooms and we talk about athletes and, you know, we talk about the modern-day footballer and... There was no one like him, you know, fitness-wise, the way he looked after himself, the way he nurtured himself, the way he went about his work in training, you know, the respect he gathered in the changing room. There was nothing what you couldn't say bad about Gary Speed. And the respect he gave dancing, to other people His dancing well. wasn't the greatest, though, <laughs> let's be honest. But, you know, uh, he was always smart-looking, clean, crisp, and that's how he was on the, on the football field. Yeah. 
great left foot. And I remember him saying to me, and he, he really gave me a uh, a real bit of praise, you know, and my head swelled that much, I, I, I couldn't believe it. And we was playing at Everton, and he turned around to me in the change room. I think we, we might have just sneaked to win a, a game. I think it was West Ham. I think we beat West Ham 1-0. And he come in and he went, Philo, he went, can I only ask, ask you something? I said, what is that, Gary? He went, you're probably the best left-back I've ever played with. And nice. I looked at him and I went, you know what, Gary, thank you very much for mm. that. Because there's not a lot of players what say that. And Go I out the way him, to say that, yeah. And I thought, what a gentleman. You know, what a gentleman. And he was brilliant because he played on the left side. I played on the left side. We were strong. And we used to say to each other, nothing comes down this side today. Mm. It can go down the, the other side, but nothing's going to come down this side. This is our home. We're mm. going to lock it down. We're not going to let the burglars in. And yeah. we're going to go and, and, and take the game to them. And we did. And for me, he was probably one of the best players I've ever played with. I look at Gary Speed and I always think of the players who played in the 90s, of the position he played in. He could probably, he's probably one of few who could probably play in today's era because well, of the fitness and yeah, just the way he conducted himself. Yeah, and but not only the fitness, the way he handled that, the ball. That's what I mean, the way yeah. He could, what he could do with the ball, he could hold on to it. He always wanted the ball. He was never scared of having that ball in possession. Yeah. Or, yeah. And if he didn't give it, yeah, he'd give you the bollocking, mm. you know. And and it wasn't a nice bollocking or not. If I didn't give him the ball, even <clears> though... <throat> well, you've got three players around your feet. Oh, give me the goddamn ball. Just <laughs> give it me and I'll do something with it. Yeah. I can't do anything if you don't give me the ball. Don't yeah. bypass me. Give him the ball. He'd do something wonderful with it. And... Uh, you know, obviously he went on with his career and yeah. went on and then I remember seeing him on a coaching course and he was at Sheffield United, I believe, and he was just going into that yeah, manager yeah. and I was like, doing my badges. I said, oh, Philo, he's still looking fit. I said, yeah. I said, what, what are you doing? He said, he's still playing. He was player, player coach. And I, and I said to myself, he will be a top, top world-class manager. He, he started as a B licence when he was at Bolton. Yeah. I had done my B licence yeah. at the same time. Yeah. And I think the best thing I can say about him is he, he didn't. It wasn't a PFA course. He just done the, you know, he done the regular course because yeah. that was the most convenient for him. Yeah. And I remember every every lunchtime was there was a few of us who couldn't drive. Yeah. He said, and one day we were standing hanging about at the side of the pitch. He went, "What's up, lads?" I said, "Oh, we're just, you know, we're gonna go and get some lunch." He said, "Come on, get in the car." And take every day, every day, come and take nothing, you take us for lunch. Nothing and was too hard for him. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, he he'd bring you a cup of tea. You know, feel, oh, do you want a cup of tea? Yeah, go on then, lad. If you're getting one, you know. Nothing was too hard for him. Nothing, you know, absolute gentleman. And you know, you know, obviously it was sad what happened. Uh, you know, but uh, no, it, it, for me, what I remember, even play, I remember playing a game. <laughs> it was Ireland against Wales. It was a friendly, and it's no friendly, f friendly for him, was that? <laughs> no friendly for him. He was on the Wales uh, team, and I was on the Ireland team, and it was a 50-50 ball between me and him. <sighs> And you've got Roy Keane <laughs> coming in and all to the side. <laughs> and the story is, we're both going for this 50-50 ball. Roy Keane stopped because he knew I was going for it. And me and Gary stopped. And we sort of like went in for one of those little tackles. <laughs> yeah, the nice, nice and Roy ones. was hammering us. And we turned around and went, Roy, listen, uh, we're not going in for that 50-50. And we started laughing. Yeah. Like, oh, it was Roy, you know, Roy was yeah. like, and I went, because we're playing against Manchester United and we're playing against you at the weekend, <laughs> so we're not going to go and hurt ourselves, are we? But, you know, that that, that was the type of spirit yeah. we had. Yeah. You know, you, I didn't want to go and hurt my teammate, yeah. you know, uh, uh, for the ball, which was, and it was in a, 
obviously a friendly game. I wasn't going to go over the top and hurt my teammate and, and put him out of action. When he had Roy there, he was spitting and <laughs> roaring and uh, waving. But, you know, bit of fun there. Last but not least, Duncan Ferguson. Oh, big dunk. <laughs> <laughs> big dunk was... You know what? It was a, it was a privilege to play with Duncan all because I don't think people really appreciate how good he was and what he actually did. It, mm. I don't say he was the quickest player on, on the part, but, you know, uh, tough, yeah. Uh, arrogant, yeah. Scored goals, yeah. First touch, yeah. He had mm. everything what a big man could do. You know, arrive at the back post, yeah. Give him the ball, he'll have it anywhere. Mm. Fantastic. Off the field, gentleman. Absolute, do anything for you. Absolute gentleman. When I, I first arrived at uh, Everton, the first one to come to me and said, look, I'm bringing you out for a meal was Big Dunk. Let's go out for a meal. Let's show you around. You know, let's introduce you to the boys. And that was Big Dunk. Class. Class of his own. Um, just to kind of finish off your, your playing career, if you will, you went off to America and, and, and played quite a few games out there. Talk us through how that came about. Well, Fulham, I won the championship with Fulham and then and then uh, decided Apologies. Sheffield, Sheffield United decided then. It was, you know, it was time like maybe to uh, go to new pastures, is that, if that's what they say. Yeah. And I decided, look, I've done what I can in England now. I try me, me myself abroad and go abroad, start playing and start maybe getting into the, the coaching. I never wanted to be a coach. I never yeah. wanted to, I never really wanted to be a coach, but... It, it, I think it just fell in America, you know, you go out and they want you to do a little bit of coaching and, and it fell in with the club and yeah. yeah, I just started coaching in the club and to be fair, my, my first team was a girls team of 12 year olds and I'm like, what am I going to do here? I'm clueless, what am I going to do? Same, well, yeah. listen, coaching's about the giving game. them a ball, Yeah, yeah. give them the ball and let them be free and that's all I did is give them, and that's my motto now, give the kids a ball. That's what football's about. Give them a ball. Let them be. Let them be excited with the ball. Let them you use imagination. Yeah. You know. So yeah. So I started playing and obviously training there and uh, won the championship there, which was fantastic abroad, which is hard to do anyway. Of course, yeah. You know, playing in the A League, uh, and and then I thought to myself, yeah, I'd been there a few years, coaching, educating. Now it's time to go on to somewhere new. So I went down went to, to New Oxford. Zealand. Was that right? I went down to New yeah, Zealand yeah. for six years. Yeah. Oh, best time of my life. Absolutely brilliant. Where about did you live? I lived in Otago, uh, okay, down yeah. in the deep south. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, down in Otago, down in the deep south, and uh, I went as player coach. But I knew then, you know, uh, fitness wise was a little bit difficult. I could have. Yeah. But I think it was more on the, the coaching side. It was hard down there though, because I didn't really know the format, how things worked, you know, part-time players getting home from work. and But I, I tried to educate them that, you know, if, if you want to be a, a football player at some standard, you then still this is what yourself, you need. Yeah. You have to sacrifice little things, you know. So I remember saying to him, look, we've, we train two nights a week, you know, for an hour and a half. If we train four nights a week and I give you 45 minutes of good intensive training, would you be happy with that? It's the same as training two nights a week. Yeah. It's only for 45 minutes. Yeah, so psychology, a, psychology yeah. yeah. And he went, yeah, I said, everything will be short, sharp, but I'll get on to you, you know? And I know it's hard coming from work, but it was only for 45 minutes, and, and we did that. And we ended Decent. up doing very well the first year. Got into the semi-finals of the, the big championship, got beat on penalties. So, you know, there was a great iron-opener. Good ground and then, for you, yeah. And then I went as a football development manager for the uh, Football South. 
and that's where I really started throwing myself into the, the, the bit the of coaching, coaching side, side and nurturing players and trying to get pe players across the world into colleges and that. So, yeah. So on on um, on April, I hope I've got this right. April the sixth, to be exact, two thousand fifteen, which is what I found. You were appointed technical director of Kerala, Kerala Blasters. Is that right? Yeah, that was yeah. Uh, I've probably done my work before and in two thousand and fourteen. Yeah, I went there, seen the setup, and then I went as technical director for them, looking at all the programs, the grassroots program, building everything up. And I can honestly say, uh, you know, I work very hard. My motto is work hard, put food on the table. You know, don't let anybody down. And mm. I went there and I said, look, let me see if I can introduce something different. And we set five centres up right across Carroll. We had a thousand uh, children, educate the coaches, different forms. Things what I'd learnt from all over the world, uh, particularly in England, because this is where yeah. I spent most of my time. And, and, and knitted things together with help of people all over the world uh, to find a formula. And we had some fantastic players there. But, you know, uh, sometimes things are not sustainable in India. You know, ego setting a little bit. And, uh, and that's what happened. Uh, but it was great at the Kerala Blasters. Mm. And I had the opportunity to then go and manage them for a, a, yeah. a month. Uh, it, so is that Peter right? Peter Taylor was sacked. Was that yeah, right? Peter Taylor was sacked. Nothing to do with you, was it, Terry? No. Uh, oh, <laughs> sugar. Again. <laughs> Why are you bringing that up again? Uh, uh, sorry, Pete, but it was nothing to do with me. No, I was only the technical director. Yeah. I wasn't a player then. So I'm, I'm, but no, uh, and I sat down with Pete and I, you know, I got a lot of energy off Pete, but he got, he got dragged down and it was, it was a shame really, you know, and, it, it wasn't, I felt a very sorry for him because I, I seen the way things was going, but Calera Blast is a fantastic club, big, big, you know, 60,000 fans they had week in and week out. The 10th largest crowd by the way in the world mm. for a team. Yeah. So, Didn't and the, the, the atmosphere down there for the football is fantastic. They just need to realise that if you bring in special people in, let the special people do the job. Yeah. Let them get on with it. Yeah, yeah. You know, let them get on with the job. Let them do the job. Let them have a vision. Mm. Uh, let them have a plan. Let them have a platform. And it doesn't really happen sometimes, you tell you the mm. truth. And people say, well, why are you still there? Because I love it. And yeah. yeah, I went there, took them over, and I, 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 it was great. And uh, I think won two, drawn two, and lost two. I think, I don't know, I think it was the best record even, even now. Uh, you had a few English lads as well in the mix as well, didn't you? Yeah, Dagnall, uh, yeah. Dags, you know, Dags, yeah, yeah. local lad, Dags. Yeah. Uh, who, who else was there? Stephen Bywater, Stephen Bywater was there. Uh, who else was there? Centre-back, uh, Peter Ramage. Oh, Ramage, Newcastle. Rambo, he Jordan, was there. Yeah. No, brilliant lads, yeah. fantastic lads. So, and, and they worked the socks off, and I just went in there with an open mind. I treated the players how I wanted to be treated. Mm. But obviously, other staff didn't enjoy that, you know. They thought the stuff was getting taken away from them. Put my arm around them, and I said, I, I remember going in and saying to a couple of lads, I, there was a Spanish lad there, and I said, We're going to play today. It's a big game. We're playing against Pune. Pune are top of the league. David Platt's playing for me. And it wasn't about me, mm. it was about these lads kept getting told he was crap, he was crap, he was crap. You don't want to hear that, you mm. know. So I went in and I had a meeting with him and I said, look, and there was a young Spanish lad and I said, listen, where was you brought up? He said, Barcelona. I said, Barcelona. I said, so who's your favourite player at Barcelona? He said, Iniesta. I said, well, go out and play like Iniesta today. Show me what you've, show me that Spanish flair, get hold of the ball. And he was another lad who played beside him, another Spanish lad. I said, listen, who's, who, where did you grow up? Sevilla. 
I said, well, come out there and give me that Spanish flair. And to be fair, it was absolutely fantastic. And I remember I had a lad called uh, Watts who, who played centre forward. He played was at Ar Arsenal. Oh, yes, Sanchez, Sanchez Watts. Sanchez, Sanchez Watts. Yeah, sure. I've never seen any technique like this lad. <laughs> and I says, you know what? Well, I'm playing you in a diamond today, the top of the diamond. Just get the ball and run that place. Don't even come back. And I said to the lads, just give him the ball and let him run that play. I'll just wait to be like Lionel Messi today yeah. or Neymar. Just yeah. get out. And, 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 and I know people might think I'm a bit uh, stupid, but I did. I said to him, go out and play. Get the ball down and play, because that's what I did at Leeds United a long time ago. Uh, and I said to Rambo, I said, look, we've got Dags up front who was five foot eight with his high heels on. <laughs> Rambo, it's no use knocking, you know, uh, 15 Lock, yeah. foot balls. Dink it into him. Mm. Dink it into him. Because every time you knock a long ball up to him and it's not into his feet, I'm going to have a go at you. Mm. He said, yeah, no problem. So it was absolutely brilliant. And we, we went on and beat them 2-0. Oh, nice. uh, so, yeah, and, 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 I, and I got the taste of it then even more. And then I fell back into the technical director's role because I, I, I kind of enjoyed it. Found Steve Coppel come in? Is that right? Steve Steve, Steve it was it was uh, Dave... David James beforehand, uh, yeah, and then obviously Peter Taylor coming, yeah. and then Stevie coming, which was great. Wally Downs got into the yeah. final, and then he left, uh, and then it was a bit of a yo-yo, and Dave went back again, and y y it wasn't right for Dave to go back mm. again. He went back again, and it didn't really work out for Dave. You know, uh, it was a quality person, big Dave James and all, quality person. Didn't really work out for him, and uh, you know, uh, you know, now they're on to new things again. I believe you've got a, pro a new project of your own, is that yeah, right? Yeah, I've got another project now. I've left uh, Carol and our, uh, you know, obviously this is not going to, hopefully this doesn't go down to one because we're trying to keep it a little bit. Oh, no, no, we'll We're trying to keep it. So yeah. I've got a new uh, big uh, project in uh, uh, Bangalore, yes, uh, and that'll be for another three to five years. So I'm looking forward to that. Brilliant. I do a lot of TV work for Sony Sports and yeah, all. Yeah, I've seen a that, A lot yeah. of uh, Champions League, uh, Serie A and La Liga stuff. So that's 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 brilliant. Plus, we have our own show on a Monday, which is called Kickoff. So, if anybody tunes into that and they're anywhere in Asia, you can yeah, tune yeah. into that, which is fantastic. So, I think I've re enlightened myself again. And, you know, football's always going to be there. Uh, you know, I'm never going to be able to do anything else but football. And maybe one day I can come back to England or Ireland and, and show, what, show what I've learned and, and learn off other people because I'm yeah. always willing to learn. Well, we started this conversation off here talking about the things you've done for, for young people in England and your yeah. motto has always been to go wherever you need to go, explore the world, learn yeah. you know, what you can, but take the opportunities where they're there and, and you've certainly done that in your career. And I think, it's, I think it's wonderful. I've never been scared of a challenge. You know, I've never been scared of failing. You know, I've always worked hard. That's number one. That's my values. Work hard, get something out of it every day. Uh, and, 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 I, and I respect the lads who get up at 4.30 in the morning and go to work. And who get on a train because I did the same thing uh, for two years, four thirty up on the training field at six, preparing, educating. So, you know, if you have to do that, you have to do it. And, and people used to think I was crazy. Well, you don't need to do that. But that's Terry feeling. You know, I didn't have to sit in the gym for eighteen months. I could have took me insurance money yeah. and ran away. But that's just the person inside me. And you know, I think you've, there's not many of us, and you've got to have that belief that you can go on. Am I going to be a, a Pep Guardiola, a Klopp? Maybe. No, not, I'm not looking to be that. Yeah. I'm just looking to be my to own be the person. Best, best and and, and can do be, the yeah. best what's got me where it's, where it's got me, really. You know, I come from humble backgrounds. I'm never going to change my values. Uh, but I'll tell people, if it's not the right way to do it, then let's have a look at this way. And, and, and let's respect people and all along the way. 
Well, listen, I, I've really enjoyed getting to know you over the last last hour or so, and I'm sure all all the Blues and, and all of our other fa- listeners will, will have appreciated it. And absolute pleasure, mate, and, and best of luck in, in your future endeavours. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure coming in, and uh, to all them Blues out there, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank, Craig. thank you. Yeah, thank you again, very thank much. You, thank you. Thanks for your time and your um, your insights on the game. No thank problem you. at all. Great. Uh, very very fascinating. Thank you.